Hey there. So this podcast is uh, coming out a little bit in a different way. Uh, the original intention here was uh, a LinkedIn Live session that I did this morning with Caitlin Holloway and Claude Silver. Caitlin is a partner at a uh, initialized capital and was former chief people officer at Reddit. And Claude Silver is the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia and VaynerX, um, you know, working with Gary Vaynerchuk on all things people. Uh, two of my favorites in the world when it comes to insight, thoughts, the space of people, how we bring heart and soul and thoughtfulness to how we approach this from a business and a human perspective. And uh, ultimately, there were some challenges with the, um, the live feed. So I'm quickly turning this into an audio situation where I can get this out to everybody. This conversation was amazing. Probably one of my best interviews to date. It is longer. We plan to go for an hour. So this is an hour long, but it's so full of goodness. Uh, So I hope you take a moment. These are two of some of the most important, insightful, thoughtful people in this space. There's so much to learn if you're an employee, if you're a people leader, if you're an executive. Uh, We hit on all those areas. Um, I found it insightful. There are moments that really touched me along the way. Um, And I'm just really happy to be able to get this out to all of you quickly. So please take a moment, uh, spend some time with us, listen to it to while you're working, and let me know what you think. Uh, Feedback's always great. So sit back and enjoy this podcast. Uh, Like I said, there's a ton in it. Here you go. Oh my gosh, I am beside myself to have the two of you here. Um, Thank you both for saying yes. This is a very exciting day for me, Claude, Caitlin, and I'll let you both, just a quick introduction. I know most of the people seeing this know both of you, but I was so excited to find out that the two of you had never met before. I didn't know that. I was assuming I was the newbie. It's so great that you two never met, but know each other and we're all coming together. So thank you. And yeah, like just real quick for everybody, like a little bit about you professionally, but also a little bit about you personally. Like what's going on? Who are you? Um, and just say hi to everybody and then we'll, we'll drop into this. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, Claude, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, hey, everyone. I am Claude Silver. I am the Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia, VaynerX. And I have known Craig now for, I guess, about three or four years. Caitlin and I have been uh, fangirling each other, but today's the first day we've actually met. And um, I'm up in the Poconos now. Normally, I live right smack dab in Manhattan. I was very fortunate to be able to get away to a lake house up here, which is beautiful. A little, little too isolated, but I'll take it. Um, I have an 18-month-year-old, 18-month-old baby girl who I love. And uh, today she is not here, so the house is quiet, a little bit eerie. But uh, I am blasting my favorite Pure and Depeche Mode and uh, Thompson Twins all day. So I'm really happy and great to be here, everyone. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Caitlin, what about you? Yeah, so so I'm coming to you live from my bedroom here in uh, North Beach, San Francisco. Um, we, we've got an exciting morning here in my household. So uh, I am... Uh, I am, I'm trying to figure out what my new intro is. I'm, I'm now um, an investing partner at Initialize Capital. I just recently transitioned out of being um, an you know, in-house HR operator, most recently at Reddit for the last uh, four years. Um, and I have two little ones. The reason it's so exciting here is I have a, I have a two-year-old and a five-and-a-half-year-old. Um, and my husband has decided in amid the, the crisis to offer um, these lovely, beautiful pour-over coffees to all of our neighbors. So we, we have a bunch of frontline workers, um, and my, my boys were confused every day after we told them that they could not go outside. Why are all of our neighbors leaving? Why are they not you know, staying inside? And so anyway, long story short, uh, we explained that we had a lot of very important people in our neighborhood doing very important jobs. And so my husband started serving them bougie coffee out of the window with a, a gorilla arm grabber from my five-year-old. Um, so he's actually on Kelly Clarkston right now in the other room, hence my bedroom setup situation. So if, if we get BBC dad, if, if there's a child that runs in here, uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm all for BBC dad or BBC mom right now. That so I'm I'm okay with it. Claude, you okay if, if someone's so running through? Okay. Yeah. A little comic relief, possibly. Yeah, bring it on. Oh, wow. So, I, yeah, I've been thinking to myself to have the two of you here and – my mind's reeling the angles. Both of you have led people teams, Caitlin, like talking to executives, these different angles. So it's given everything going on. It's such a, 
great opportunity to ask some questions from these, I was thinking like perspectives and the different, you know, ways we can think about things. Um, but before we get to that, I have one more question that all of us, I, I will go through, but it's, this is more like a check-in. What's the biggest gift in all of this and the biggest challenge in all of this for you? We'll keep it to a minute. Um, I'll let one of you go, go first. Who wants to go first? I'll go. We'll switch it up. We'll, we'll okay. keep it going. So, um, you know, I just mentioned I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, um, neither of which are in, you know, proper school yet. And so I think being home with both of them um, has been both of those things, both are our greatest joy and our, and our biggest challenge. Um, keeping them occupied at this age without just throwing them in front of a screen has been um, one of the biggest parenting challenges I've had. Well, you know, of course, maintaining a household, you know, we're serving five full prep meals a day. Um, so I'm, I'm a chef, I'm a parent, I'm a teacher, um, and, I, and I'm, you know, an employee. So I, I have all of these hats that I get to wear that we all get to wear as parents now. Um, but it's, it's also been really, really fun. I, I feel, you know, with my first child, I didn't take maternity leave. I, I was out of the um, office for so two and a half weeks, if that. Um, and so I really feel like this is is the like the world giving me back a gift in terms of time with my my boys, um, and we we are just having an absolute ball. So I, I know you said keep it to a minute, um, but I'll, I'll explain kind of I'm how <laughs> we keep them entertained. And so we on it was like day three or four of quarantine. We took a sit and spin, and we drew um, on a big piece of paper um, different themes. And so every day we have a theme. So we spin the, the sit and spin for a theme. You know, pirates. Wild West, um, California history, all of these these themes. Um, yesterday was Beetlejuice. We've had Indiana Jones, you know, whatever. We make them up. And then we spin um, the wheel again for the educational discipline or the academic discipline. So, like, if you've never done pirate science, super, super fun. <laughs> so we've been uh, exercising our creative muscles. Um, it's amazing. And just a, an absolute joy in here. When it's not, I mean, it's exhausting, but it's been a joy. So is that the gift and the challenge or is there, is there also a challenge? It's the same. I'm freaking tired. I know. It's the gift that keeps giving. I mean, I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> could I mention another challenge? Because I'm, I'm right with Caitlin. I mean, 18 months, I am, uh, I'm definitely like a toddler music school teacher now. I've gotten really good at some of the more obscure songs like, one little finger, uh, didn't know that. Um, you know, uh, we, we set up an obstacle course here yesterday just by putting big blue tape on the floor to see if she could walk the line, which then, you know, in my crazy head, I'm like thinking about that movie, uh, Walk the Line, where where Reese says to, to Joaquin, you can't walk no line. Like, I'm just like, my brain is frazzled and fried. The biggest gift, a thousand percent, is spending time with her, Shalom, my family, um, and just all of these micro moments. And I, I swear, every day I'm like, oh my God, your hair grew, your legs grew. I have to buy new shoes for you all of a sudden. Five weeks ago, these fit. It is such a joy. Um, the challenge, obviously, is just wearing so many hats and juggling all of that with my partner and, um, you know, full-time full-on job. My job is always full-on and um, it's even more so full-on as we are really doing our best to make sure that uh, the interconnectivity stays strong and our culture not only stays strong, but that we can go through this culture shift and this change together and come out, you know, uh, a lean, mean, you know, fighting machine. So um it's it's all and it's all good you know it's all good these are gifts all good all good um yeah i you know i guess it's so interesting we're all in this in this sort of in this the the, the parent boat so i definitely the gift has to be that you know th this time and the level of depth and then like the levels of dropping like week one week two week three um where we've come so far and for me it's one of those things that i'm seriously going to rethink how i re-engage the workplace and how i integrate my life especially at this age that i eight and 11 it's just a wonderful time to just hang out uh you know i'm working incredibly hard and being able to spend that time with them so that's definitely been the gift um the 
the challenge, I've had the same challenge as the two of you, the organization and working it out and sometimes like with the partner and getting it all, mapping it in place with the school. I mean, this is not what we normally did. So there's that transition piece. I think the other one, when I thought about this question before, a little more met, like outside of my family was, uh, it's keeping my mind, like I'm employed right now, things feel good, I'm I'm safe and not getting too far out about the economy and about, you know, just, just I'm okay right now. And this is, this is where we are. I'm safe. Everybody's healthy. We're doing all right. We're going to, we're going to figure this out no matter what. So just staying grounded and like present right now, uh, I think has been the work for me as well. Yeah. So I can relate to that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's tap into the expertise in the room here. I was thinking, you know, what I really imagine, I, I try to ask questions to I imagine that other people would like to hear from the, the people I'm speaking with. In this case, with all of your experience, it's kind of like these three levels. What would you say if you're talking to a CEO that represented the CEOs of the world? And then also I'm curious about like the people, leaders and employees, those different like what are the messages right now? If you're advising a group of CEOs, people, leaders or employees, what, what would you be saying or sharing with them? What's on your mind as those roles are sitting in some of those positions? Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot first. Um, just what's coming to my mind. And, and I love the question in terms of the, uh, the CEOs, you know, it's something that I talk a lot about, which is empathetic leadership and servant leadership. And I think now more than ever, by the way, I'm not the only one that thinks that, I mean, it's in every article you open now, but the idea of being um, uh, extremely aware of what your people are going through while you're leading uh, a company with potentially advisors or having to downsize and all of the other decisions the CEO needs to do, I think understanding what it's like to be on the receiving end of the messaging. So having extremely transparent communication is really important. I think understanding where your finances are is really important and making sure that the company is aware that um, no, they're not potentially holes in the Titanic here, but the economy itself is going through a massive, massive um, upheaval and transition. So let's all pay attention to that. So I think, again, you know, the, the, the empathy that's needed, the authentic and clear communication, uh, for sure, being honest is really important as well. There's no need to BS anyone because we're all paying attention. Uh, so those are the three things that really come to my mind in terms of um, leading right now, because you're you're leading into the unknown, and that also requires not only strength but it requires some level of vulnerability. Yeah, let's hang on CEO. We'll go, Kate, and we'll kind of go through those levels. I think it's interesting to hear these different levels. Uh, what would you say? What would you say, Caitlin? And you're in, in talking to CEOs. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's really where I've spent the majority of my my last month. Um, so you know transitioning from being an operator in-house at Reddit, where I had, you know, a very dynamic, rich, deep relationship with my, with my founder, um, Steve Huffman, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is very, very, very different than now working with, you know, we, we have over 300 companies in our portfolio and they all need a, a different type of support and service. Um, I, I've never felt more popular with having, uh, you know, an HR operator background than I have in the last 30 days. Um, and so transitioning to not only getting to know these founders, you know, under very extreme circumstances, but then also understanding that each of their cultures is dynamic and unique and um, has to be managed and, and, and dealt with in a very unique way. Um, you know, I think that we, we say this a lot, but every, every culture is, has its own fingerprint and you cannot simply take a playbook and, and run it back. And so, you know, I think when HR operators move from, from job to job or, you know, they transition, um, they really get to rebuild. There are some basic, you know, first principles, but outside of that, it really is unique to, to that product, to that company, to that founder. Um, and so, you know, in talking with 300, you know, give or take CEOs in the last 30 days, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on what, what Claude said, which I think that you'll probably hear a lot on this, this call. Um, we, we have very similar philosophies and approaches, but absolutely, um, you, you've got to move into high integrity mode. There, this is not a time to pretend like you know what you're doing because literally nobody knows what they're doing. Um, you you have to, uh, so not only be honest and, and 
be, be truthful and be as transparent as, as you are comfortable being. Um, and of course, the empathy side of things, but, but really it's about, um, for me, the introspection that I've, I've asked of our CEOs is really how they've developed their culture over time. You know, we, we have said this a lot um, to ourselves in our, in our HR people and culture um, echo chamber about culture really shows up when things go, go south or go sideways. Um, and so every single culture has been put through the pressure test at the exact same time. Um, anything that was great is fantastic. Anything that was not great is entirely broken right now. And so really helping CEOs. I, I mean, I know this sounds silly because it's not hyper tactical, but the conversations I've been having them have been about revisiting their mission, their vision, their values and how they how they use those truly as tools as opposed to, you know, stuff on a poster or a wall. But like go back to those. And if they aren't strong, let's revisit them. It's not about wordsmithing. It's about giving something for your people to believe in. We are asking people to take time away from their children, take time, you know, that they are exhausted. So to show up every day, I mean, and, and even if you don't have children, the, just the exhaustion of what's happening in this world is, is very um, overwhelming. And so when we ask our employees to show up and produce, um, please let it be something that is meaningful to them. So really revisiting that that North Star um, and, and revisiting it often. So yeah, be connected to your people, be dialed into why it is that you are doing what you're doing so that you can create that, that clear path forward, you know, in a world where we don't know what's on the other side. That's it. Leading uncertainty, acting like you know, and putting that out there. We can smell it. We know it when um, things just aren't, you know, I think we're, we're really honed uh, sensors of these things. It's about safety and we're watching. I heard this term recently. I never thought about it. I think I've heard it before, but like virtue signaling. And that when times are good, we can do a lot of virtue signaling. Talk about how our virtues are and what we, it's these times where it's it's not about signaling anymore. It's about action. And I think it goes back to this idea of our character, our character really gonna show. When this is over, we're gonna know where people truly stand um, around these, these sorts of issues. Um, okay, so now let's roll it in a level to something that you both intimately, intimately know, which is being a people leader. Um, what would you say to people leaders right now that are reporting to the CEOs and then also supporting all of their people in the organization? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, let's just keep this pattern going for now. Okay. Um, the one thing I would, uh, the one thing I would say back to the CEOs mm -hmm. and also now to the leaders is it really, and it's, it's coming off of what Caitlin just said, this is about what we do in, in as wartime generals, if you will, rather than peacetime generals. In peacetime, it really is like, oh my God, we've got the great, this is, this is fantastic, you know, oh my God, oh, foosball in the kitchen. Um, we don't have foosball, but, <laughs> but this is really where the rubber hits the road and where we really can see the merits of, of, of uh, servant leadership again. And are we here to really, as, as those people leaders, are we here to really do what that says? Lead our people. And that means, I, I believe, making sure that our people are still feeling as though they are safe, connected, that they still have a space within this culture because this culture is now a virtual culture. So in that, you know, are we taking into account what it is like to have an intimate look inside of someone's house? Really important, which I think then encompasses paying attention to uh, diversity, inclusivity, equality. That's not gone just because we're not in walking the floor anytime soon. That's still alive and well. And so making sure that you still have a heart that cares about that and that can... Um, um, help translate, I think, the CEO's mission or whomever the mission is down the line. Because this is a, a scary time, an anxious time, a nebulous time. Uh, of course, there's some excitement because there's, there's change. But for a lot of people that those leaders are talking to, there's also like, I'm reading the news and this, this, this company just went through layoffs and that company went through layoffs. So the idea of making sure your people are safe, they're connected, they still feel like they belong, um, and they belong in almost a broader sense because on the screen, you're able now to bring in people from different geographies, the blink of a hat. So that's pretty exciting. Making, you know, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is making sure that there is some kind of icebreaker, use whatever word you want, but that there's something that just kind of like normalizes the screen real quick. Mm -hmm. 
before you get into whatever it is. So those are the things that come top of mind to me. I call it the human, like we have a framework, especially when we're putting together our chapter meetings for our culture first chapters. And one is like, before we get to end the work, we do the human, like yeah. spend a moment on the human. Like before we get, we just go straight into the work and we don't know what's coming into the room. I mean, this and this held before, you know, but now even more. Claude, what about when you were talking, like some employees are really in scary positions right now. So what, talk about a leader leading with integrity when there really is something scary. like. Yeah, this is real. Or maybe they are going through the layout. It's happening. Yeah. Um, how does the leader show up with, with that? Well, I, I do think that going back to the leader needing to make sure that they're translating the CEO or the COO's um, actions and words are really, really important. So are we going to have to furlough people? Are we going to have to lay people off? I think the answer there that is as transparent as one can get is, we are looking high and low and side to side at our finances, at our revenue, so forth and so on. Our hope is that we don't have to get to that place um, and we can't make any promises. Our hope is that we are working as efficiently as possible, that the restructuring we did in the fall manifests into a, a tighter team today, those types of things. Mm -hmm. Having a script is very important because a script uh, allows for consistency, mm -hmm. leader to leader to leader, so that Jane isn't saying something different than Scott's saying, because then, by the way, the people that work under Jane and Scott talk to each other. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so I think that's really, the script is important. And where do you get the script from? You get the script from someone like me, from Caitlin. Uh, maybe you have a comms team, you know, you have people that can help you with the right type of verbiage, but more than that, just the, the right type of vibe, I would say, that that is real. That is real. This is not a time to pull any kind of wool over someone's eyes. That's, that, uh, that's not kind. That's not kind. It's not. And this goes back to us all doing our work, because I think sometimes we have leaders that are pulling the wool over their own eyes. Yeah. And then they're pulling the wool over others' eyes, because they haven't, they haven't done that work. Uh, but this is, this is yeah. the time. Yeah. Anything, anything to add there, Caitlin? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, for for our people leaders out there who um, are maybe struggling with a, a less experienced uh, leader or, or CEO or founder, um, help them understand what their options are. I, I think that, you know, there, there are a lot of boards, unfortunately, out there. There are a lot of investors that are really pressing and challenging our CEOs to, to reduce headcount. How, how much runway can you keep in the bank? And, and that number of months grows um, in, the, in the startup world. Um, every time I, I check my benchmarks and, and check in with others in the industry. And uh, so the, their immediate reaction is to just go to layoff. Um, and the reality is, is there are there there is a bevy of options of, mm -hmm. of you know, on this menu that you can do to, to make that adjustment. And I think that uh, it's very, very powerful when you can as, as a people leader, show up and have something of value to your, so you can really truly strategically partner with your founder or your CEO and say, hey, look, like, what is our goal? And then you reverse engineer into to what to get there. Oh, you're trying to, to preserve runway. That doesn't mean you're trying, like, your goal is to not fire people. Your goal is to not lay people off. Your goal is how can we extend our runway? And then helping walk through what those things look like. Maybe it's a salary reduction. Uh, you know, I think there was a study that, or not study, we are so professional. I, I think that there was a survey done amongst, um, I think, the people tech partner community recently where we surveyed employees who had, part, had been a part of companies that had downsized in some way. And the question was, would you have rather taken a pay cut or had the person sitting next to you leave? And the answer was, I would have rather taken a pay cut. Yeah. People actually are far more virtuous than, than we give them credit for. Um, and so, you know, that's just one option. Uh, but the, honestly, like I have thought through and with the help of, of the people community, you know, th there are at least 10 different options uh, that are right in front of our faces that we haven't considered. Um, and so, you know, the, the advice to a strategic people partner is to show up with those options and really talk it through. Let your CEO have that that opportunity to explore uh, those you know, potential solutions to a problem. So at the end of the day, we are we are both the heart and the, the head of how we, we manage our, our folks. And to mm -hmm. be that partner, to be that thought partner, to help them unlock um, what these potential opportunities could be, it, it really is, a, 
I think that that is your most important job at this time. And, and being there for your for your founder and your CEO, they they don't know as much as we don't know. Um, and so give them the space to have feelings and, and to express disappointment or frustration. Um, it's it's important for them to have a space to put that so that they can be, you know, eyes forward for the rest of the organization and really be that leader that, that people need. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, I'm going to I'm going to go a different direction real quickly. because I just when you were when you're speaking, a couple dots connected for me. And that was most of your career. You've been a people leader. Only about a month and a half ago, two months ago, you, you moved over to uh, your partner. You're you know investing in our organizations. You're re- you're in a new world, and you have like you know when employees come in, they have that, that the, the like three or four months of you can see things with different eyes. Any just ahas because most of us don't see that world. We have I have a story about what goes on, what the investors are saying and thinking about. Um, any ahas for you? Reflections like because now you have that insight and you were on the other side for so long and in his last six weeks going through this that you've been surprised about? Totally. Um, I, there, there have been a lot. Uh, talk about taking a peek behind the like Wizard of Oz curtain. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> there, so much of my time, you know, for the last decade has been about preparing for the board, what we're going to share with the board, helping them to help us catalyze change um, and really telling that, that right story. Um, and, I think that in my head, because of my network and my community, my assumption was that many CEOs or many founders had really, really strong people partners, you know, helping guide them through um, the development of their company. Um, And what I've discovered is that many don't. Um, You know, HR, for as much as I feel like we've been pounding our fists on the table for the last 10 years, um, in, in my mind, it was like, okay, we're in the executive room. And now we're in the boardroom and, and, you know, we really are strategic partners, but there are so many companies that, that don't have those, um, that partnership or they've waited too long to bring somebody in. Um, and I, I think that's something that, that I really appreciate about Claude's journey. Um, and I've had myself, which is I didn't, I didn't choose this. I, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, classically trained. Uh, you know, I made a career shift 10 years ago into this space, but not intentionally. It was on accident. And being homegrown, I think that there's great power in that. And so being able to advise um, CEOs, okay, well, who is picking up with this work with you in the crisis? Who's the person that you are confiding in? Who is the person who is out on that front line of, you know, the, the, the culture leadership within your organization? Who's the one that's checking in on people in the background um, if it's not you? And so helping kind of redirect the lens for our founders on like, this is important. And luckily and thankfully, I work for an investing firm that really cares about it and understands the value because I was able to partner with Alexis back at Reddit. Um, so really helping kind of lead that way. But I, I was surprised and not just in our own portfolio, but I was very surprised to see in general the lack of, of HR, strategic HR partnership um, yeah. at the level. Yeah. It's just going to jump in for a second. I think Caitlin and I are in such unique situations because of who we work for. Um, you know, Gary is an enormous people person. And so he's an operator. I mean, he calls himself HR CEO, HR driven CEO. So the fact that I even have this role is because of who he is and the importance he's put on scaling himself, the culture, the high touch, you know, infusing our, our culture with what, what, you know, empathy is. So, um, and he too. And so we have, we have that wonderful benefit and I know tons of other companies don't. Mm, I know I've, I've been inspired myself and okay. I'm going to reframe now towards you, Claude, and you both have a lot to say about this, but if, if you asked me this question and said, who should you ask? I'd come to you. And that's dropping to the, the employees. Like who's listening to employees? How are we dealing with employees? And there's nobody in my mind that champions that more than you do. Um, so yeah, let's go there. And I, I know you both have a ton to say on this, but the, the people, like, like, let's get let's get down to the managers working with the people and what's going on. What are you What are you thinking about? What are you saying? What are you doing? You're doing it. So uh, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. So it's uh, I love the question, and it's something that I made. Uh, so we're what are we in week five? I think is it we five? are. At the end of week one, I said to Gary, I'm really struggling. I am so used to being around people all day, every day. And I don't think of myself as an extrovert, but at work, I really am one. Vibing off of people, giving my vibe off, all of that stuff. I'm having a hard time. And he said, you need to bring it online. And 
what I do every single day is I have one Zoom call, about 30 different people from all different geographies. Obviously for Singapore, I'm actually doing that tonight. And it's a wonderful way, as I was mentioning before, for everyone to connect the dots. It is a, hey, let's go through introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you? Because again, remember, we're all looking in on people's homes for the most part. And how has this been for you? Great. And here's your icebreaker. And the icebreaker is either, you know, what sitcom could you be, would you be in if you could be in any? It's light. You know, it's mm-hmm. light. Like, um, uh, what's your karaoke song? But it's a way to connect because our culture and something I'm very proud about our culture is made up of every single unique human being. And I talk about that a lot in terms of a minestrone soup or a, a quilt, like every person adds their little je ne sais quoi. So my, my role is to make sure that that is being cultivated, that people are getting to um, mix with one another and understand that Billy in the New York office plays the drums and Sally in the London office plays the drums and you guys go talk about drumming, you know, but on that little hangout, I'll connect those dots. And I've done this every day for the last four weeks, I guess, right? Uh, It's selfish. I do it because I needed it. But what is good for the goose is good for the gander. And all of our leaders right now are doing their own type of whether or not it's happy hour or it's coffee talk or it's Monday morning start uh, stand-up meetings um, and all using that same type of ethos, which is let norm- let's normalize this as much as we can uh, and let's connect. And it goes back to my, the principles I always share, which are the psychological safety is, is, is just the bar. There's nothing else that matters. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really important. And, you know, I will say that we were, and Caitlin said this already, we were all in a moment of triage. We were all trying to plug the holes and what's the protocol and what do I do and how do I close an office and how do I keep people safe and give them the information so that they can, uh, that parents know that they can time out and do the home. You know, we went from triage and I think now we're still in this kind of testing and learn phase. You know, seeing, yes, we all are in the new normal and the testing and learning phase is going to take us through to this transition. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that are on my mind and I'm very vocal about, even with, you know, the people that are doing the work, I want them to know like, Hey, we were in triage mode and you all rallied, you yeah. all, it. you know, we all came together. And so um, I'm a big, a huge, huge cheerleader and think of my role in so many ways as, you know, that guide and that Sherpa again, turning the light on them. We don't need any so These calls that you're hosting, are they open and you, you, you cap it at 30 every day? People just can show up and it's a connect? It's a certain yeah, it's on Slack. And then there's a, you know, a link. And so I can go in and see how many people are scheduled. Normally I do them at noon today. I'm doing it at 4.30 and then I'll do one at nine o'clock. And whoever shows up, shows up. And it's just an opportunity to be seen yeah. and connect. Yeah. And, you know, Gary popped into one the other day. Like anyone can show up. Anyone can show up. There's no cap. I mean, but oh, I, I thought you said thirty earlier, so I wasn't sure if, if that well, was. I mean, normally, it's, it's up to it's about up to thirty that come right. on, um, and that's it. It's really great. And then it's like, hey, if you want to reach out or you just want some time with me later, like set up a one-on-one. And so then I get that same type of um, relationship, the one-on-one relationship that I am so used to having. So you're doing that now, by scheduling these, and you're just you must be on Zoom a ton doing these same Zoom one-on-ones. A ton. <laughs> I am. I am tired of looking at this face. Oh, it's a new level of tired I've, I've learned about. It's like, it's a strange, like, screen tired. Like, mentally yeah. I'm okay, but I was like, I can't do this it's anymore. It's more just like, I, you know, when you're in a meeting with someone, you don't look at yourself. So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But anyway, the, just tapping in, how are you doing? How are your parents? How is your family? We've had people that have had COVID. We have people that have had family members that have died from COVID now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have... Mm-hmm people that are on the family members on the front line. And we have family members that are uh, working in grocery stores. And that's really, really intense because they are feeding me. They're on the front lines. These are the things that are the most important. Yeah. Well, let's light for a second. I had, and I think this would be interesting to hear from all each of us around this. Any tips or tricks that you've learned on Zoom that you want to share with others? Um, I'll share a couple that I've liked. 
One is when you're on Zoom, the th you can hover over your picture and there's three dots, especially when you're in portrait mode and you can change your name. We'll use that if we, if we have a short meeting for a one word check-in. So we'll do a quick check-in and you just put it next to your name. It's so small. And when we do this, it's like, oh, of course, like how many meetings you get to walk in a room and say, oh, so-and-so is tired. So-and-so is excited right now. So-and-so is depleted. Whatever it is, you just see it on their name. And it, 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 that, so that's a good one. The other one, Claude, you were talking about, you, when you said it, it made me laugh, the looking at ourselves. And it made me think, somebody shared the other day, turn your, stop sharing your own picture with yourself. Oh. Take you off. You can, you can un, you can pull your picture down. So it's a neat <laughs> too. I used to not like it because I was scared I'd fidget. But um, those were two. I have a couple of, those are two simple ones. Any others from you, like Zoom tricks or tips that you've liked? The, the, the one I would say is the one I haven't done, which is changing the background. You know, and that's really fun. So I have to I have to figure that out later on for my next Zoom. <laughs> I, I would say mine is a little bit uh, mine's a little bit more serious, um, only because we were talking about um, the the fatigue, and the the reality is is as as a parent, when I have to be on and and you know my face is smiling and I'm engaged and I'm doing this, like it actually takes a lot more energy. But more than that. I can't multitask because it's rude, right? So like in a perfect world, I could be sitting here folding laundry, being hyper engaged with you, but I'm, I'm able to, to do something else that it allows me to go to sleep, you know, 30 minutes earlier. Um, and so, you know, not, I, I think that my tip is not every freaking meeting has to be a Zoom. <laughs> like uh, picking up the phone, I, I actually have a totally different quality conversation on the phone than I do on Zoom. And sometimes one is more appropriate than the other, but if it's just a one-on-one -on -one or you're, you're doing a quick sync or a check-in on something like, like, Hey, did you get that set up for Friday? Like if it can be a Slack, great. If it's not time sensitive, if you just are looking for a quick, Hey, we're about to hop on a, you know, on a zoom with, with the boss, like let's chat really fast, but like give my face a break. Let me multitask um, as a parent. Um, I'm still engaged, but I, I just, it, it requires a different amount of attention being on. So think first. Yeah. I love that you said that because you're absolutely right. And there are many times I'll take phone calls for the one-on-ones and I get to, you know, walk my daughter and, you know, take her out in the stroller and get some fresh air because mm -hmm. it is a whole level of exhaustion and it is a really good tip. Thank totally. you, Kate. Thanks, what a great, thanks for, for, for uh, that reflection. Yeah. And it, when you said it, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I found myself doing a little bit like the walk, but not as intentionally as I'd like to. I do like, let's get on Zoom, why not? I actually limit my day to, to four hours of, of screen time, my own. So I'm limiting my own screen time more than I'm limiting my children's screen time right now. So I give myself four hour um, blocks so that I can, you know, pass the baton with my my partner. And then um, and then I do my my, you know, individual contributor, or my project based work at night um, and all of the other parents at my company are on at, at night as well. So, you know, then we can slack and we can do things that are a little bit less, um, you know, face time needed. So yeah. be intentional. Um, I feel like I'm a little more like Claude, probably in the sense that uh, my work is calling me to do, we're building community right now, we're recruiting leads and we're bringing people on. Um, so I'm meeting all these people around the globe talking about this community. So um, it's filling me up, but I'm doing a lot of screen time or, you know, and on time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and those it's those second level tasks that I find myself at night. I just don't have time for it. Um, okay. So now we're going to go my next, I want to, shift out of the org org into the it of it all and organizations but more meta um the question here and i'll prompt because claude i asked you this yesterday or the other day when we spoke and i loved your answer so you don't have to but what do you hope to see on the other side of this like if there's one thing you can hold on to you can retain as we emerge on the other side is there something that you want to hold on to and take um to the other side yeah Yes, I did answer the question, which was, which was, uh, which was very self-facing, and that is being uh, paying more attention to how I need to fill my cup, or my, or my bucket, and noticing that it, it, it was literally because three people within a day asked me how am I taking care of myself because my energy is at work, and I didn't have an answer for them. And so then it was, it was only two weekends ago where I said, fine, okay, great. We're starting a gratitude journal. We're going to start meditating. And by start, I mean like start, but I'm only doing sleep meditations right now. Um, and we're doing, and I'm doing some yoga stretching, but it is a way for me to 
just take time out. And if that means I have to wake up a half an hour earlier, that's fine. But I've never been, and I will use the word never, I'm not that good at caretaking for me, which is, you know, I'm, I'm the obliger. Uh, and, um, and it's a lifelong lesson for me. So what I need to bring forward is as I'm taking care of other people, you know, you have to put the life mask on yourself and uh, whatever that is, is that called a life mask? But yeah, the oxygen. So take, taking these, these habits that are, well, they will be habits at some point forward and it will just make me just a, a richer person, quite frankly. How about, so holding on to that for you, that self-care and keeping an eye on how much you give to others and how much you take care of yourself. How about meta? How about for the world, like what we get out of this whole thing? Yeah, so uh, definitely kinder, more compassionate, for sure. And I really hope our communication is clearer, is more, is just, um, is more transparent. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't think that's easy. I, I don't think that's easy all the time. So, um, but certainly, you know, I talk a lot about this, uh, you know, wanting to really start a revolution of tenderness. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, soft, 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 it means just caring for one another. You know, just as we've been talking about in this chat, caring for one another, it should be a no brainer because we care for our children, we care for our family, we care for our pets. Why are we not caring for people? And then showing that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. No. What about you, Caitlin? What do you want to, what do you want to see the world hold on to on the other side of this? Um, well, First of all, I, Claude, I, I subscribe. I will join your revolution. I will, I will be standing arm in arm with you on that one. Um, I think, I think that's been pretty front front of mind for for me for my family. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking out my my front window here, and we have a, a food bank that's set up once a week, um, feeding people in our community who who can't afford food. Um, and that, I mean, sorry, it's a lot. You know, every day. Sorry, I didn't know that was there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm okay if you want to stay with it for a minute. Yeah. Um, I, I think with the, the compassion that we need to find that we have been neglecting because we've been mm -hmm. so busy. I think that, you know, we, we, are, we are, I hope, closing a chapter on busyness. Um, yeah. You know, being busy for the sake of being busy, uh, being, you know, head down, eyes forward, can't see the forest for the trees. Um, you know, we are reconnecting with our families in ways that we haven't before. Um, you know, from from the the Zoom, you know, getting your your mom on Zoom or your 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 grandma on Zoom, um, because we can't see each other. We you know we we are we are humans who crave community and crave connection. Um, and so I think, you know, really reevaluating how we invite compassion and connection into our lives, I think is really important. Um, of course, there are systemic things uh, that I hope are obviously under the microscope right now around healthcare, uh, paid family leave, uh, the way we support our staff and our employees um, in you know what whatever the new, new normal will be. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, to, to bring it back to the organization side of, of the house, if, you know, if you are, a people leader um, or on the, the people team, ask this question, Craig, this, this question is so important. Um, ask, ask your leaders this, ask your, you know, your, your executive partners, ask your managers, because if we, my, my biggest fear is that we will forget that we will, we will put this on a little box and put it on the shelf and said, Oh, that sucked. Oh, remember that thing? Mm. Um, let, let's not put it in a box. Let's not constrain this to, something bad that happened. Let's not say, oh, 2020 was the worst year yet. Um, let's move on and then kind of try to adjust back to our previous ways. And so I think the best thing we can do is start having this conversation, not just with our employers um, or our colleagues, but, but with our families, with our uh, political leaders, you know, whoever, your community members, your neighbors, um, hang on to this. This is important stuff. And if, if we neglect it or forget it or put it in a box and put it on the shelf, um, I don't think that we will be better off. And be intent, yeah. Thank the intention you. of it all. That was Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Um, I, yeah. I mean, all like all the sentiments resonate with me, with me as well. Like this, this great pause that we're having, and the opportunity to like we never would have gotten this. And like it's an opportunity to look at like like you said, how busy 
Why do we meet where we meet? Are we intentional about our time and how we're using it? Are we, there's a lot of inertia and momentum happening um, in this, this pause and this reflection. But then what you said, it, like I've been thinking a lot about it. If we're not intentional, if we're not, if there's no intention, like we, we are creatures of habit, we'll slip back in. And I mean, I read an article that stuck with me the other day. I'll, I'll post it if I went with, with all this, but it was also keeping an eye on like, when this turns back on, the poll's going to be big for you to go back to the way it was. The poll's going to be big for, you know, and if we're not thinking about it and really, like you said, asking those questions now and like identifying that, that we can hold on to it, the, the more the chance that we'll just, I don't know, I don't want to slip back. I want, I want to take this adversity as an opportunity to grow and move forward because I feel like in adversity, we can learn so much about ourselves, both personally and in and, and group. And we're here and I don't want to throw it all away. I'm scared that society is just like adversity, bad, get rid of it and not look at the gifts that also are along with it. Like these two things are living at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Which leads to the other half of that question, which is what, and I think you went there, like what, what do we, do, what we don't want to see on the other side of this. And I think it's like that slipping backwards. Thank you. Wow. Sorry, um, I really did not know that was that. No, you know, that was very close to the surface. Sorry. <laughs> you know, but that's always my hope when I do these. Is like, how do we get to that? I, I want to shift out of like, ask a question, answer. Like, I want to talk. You know, I mean, we're humans, and we're experiencing these from different perspectives, and we wear different hats, but we also are all humans. And yeah. Um, Claude, back to you. Uh, so I had this. I wrote this down because I just think you know chief heart officer that's that you talk about the heart that i wrote lead, leading with heart in a time of crisis what's different and what stayed the same hmm. um it's really that's a really good question the um i don't know if i have a solid answer there i've talked a lot about clarity in this call of clarity of um of being quite frankly um, and clarity of communication, clarity of emotion. I think these are things that are really important for us to take through with us, you know, take forward with us. Um, the things that I really want for the world of HR, and, and you know that I put HR in a little quote, mm -hmm. uh, I think, so and we know that this is a pivotal time. We know that things are changing hopefully in some cases forever and hopefully in some cases we've uh, in, in many cases we've learned i do think that hr has a real opportunity and caitlin has talked about this a lot in the earlier part of the conversation to really come forward as coach as guide as mentor uh, i use the word sherpa not to be the no people not to be on the on the um reactive but the proactivity we're all sitting here, we're, we're all smart. We all have been watching, what are we watching? The culture and the people all day long, all day long, all day long. And now is the time to step forward and have a seat at that table. If you don't have a seat, then continue to put forward your ideas, continue to put forward your thoughts and what you see. In bite-sized information and a whole white paper, it doesn't matter but every single company needs us to step forward and facilitate, I don't even use the word help, facilitate the betterment of this cult, the cultures that we are inhabiting. It's ours, it's ours, we are, we are shepherds. We are not just you know paper pushers and saying no and doing benefits and compliance, that's just, we're just not. So this is our opportunity to step forward with what, with the heart that we have and the mind that we have and go, let's go. You want to add anything, Caitlin? Yeah. I, I what Claude says <clears throat> resonates so much with me. Um, and it, it's what I'm seeing amongst, um, you know, our, our peer community. I think something that has, I, I've, have been a big supporter and fan of for a long time, but I really have felt the shift in this um, in this crisis is this move from um, you know, I, Claude and I have a lot of the same language around like we we are not like compliance and and benefits are are only there to support how we help lead our teams and how we help develop um, our, our company um, and push towards this human experience, right? But um, you know, I think when when things first start to unfold, you know, how many people had ever written a pandemic playbook. Like, 
at that point, it was like maybe three or four in the world. Um, and so the the thing that has given me a lot of heart in in our own community and our own networks um, from an operator perspective is our um, our open sourcing. We like the people showed up to share. Um, I, Coinbase was one of the first companies to to open source their their pandemic playbook, and it was mind blowing to me. Where I was like, yes, we we should not. We as operators should not be sitting in a back room trying to Google and pen these things that we we have never done before. Yeah. Take, don't don't reinvent the wheel because you where our skill set is needed most is on the front lines with our employees yeah. checking in. Are you okay? I know that your your mother is you know immunocompromised. I know that your you know your your dad is a postal worker. Whatever those things are, like that is where our skills actually come into play. But the clarity that Claude speaks about around communication, um, we can we can get that and we can get that very very quickly by sharing with our networks. And so. The way the HR or the people community showed up um, as this thing has unfolded in front of us has been absolutely inspiring. You know, it started with a pandemic playbook um, and people being able to share the language through the, oh, shit, we have to. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can use That's okay. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> we have to we have to downsize. Claude, okay we cuss? I don't know if you have any experience with this. Is everything right here? Right. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um you know, how, how do we keep our team engaged? And, and, and now the conversation is around how do we start thinking about, you know, when we come back online, even though we know that that, that is so far off, but like watching the evolution of the conversation amongst our peers um, and supporting one another so that we can lead with heart. And I mean, it's the, the feeling component that gets so quickly neglected, the human component, when we are buried in this, oh my gosh, I have to write something or I have to create a policy or I have to execute this really challenging thing. So I showing up and sharing, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like the deeper, can you, can you ask for help? We need help from each other right now. Can we, yes. can we lean into that? Um, I'm, so we have 10 minutes and there's I, I'm on to two things here. I have a, kind of in the end, something uh, interesting I wanna do uh, just to, to lighten at the end and some ideas for people. But I made a note, Colin, when you were speaking, but I wanna hear from both of you. It came up a couple of times for me. Um, at one point you said something about like doing something felt selfish, but it was, but it was taking care of the, the whole, and it's, it's a theme I see and I heard, but I've been seeing this in my work personally and in the world of that. When I talk to people that have done really amazing things, I keep seeing, starting to see a trend. What they really have done is they've built for themselves. They solve for them and they solve for the world. You know, that like, it's okay to be sort of selfish in your solutions if you're clear with why you're doing it and that it's, it's going to benefit. I don't know. That came up for me, Claude. And I think, I think you do that. I've seen that. Like you're kind of, doing what you want to see in the world and in, and in, yeah. in the end, like building something bigger. Um, yeah. But just, yeah, just to go there, just to kind of go on that thread for a moment around, is it okay to be selfish built for ourselves in a good way that's solving and ultimately solving for the, the better of the world? Well, I, I love it. And, and it's what Caitlin mentioned earlier, we didn't start in this world of people. I mean, we are people, people, but we both have pivoted into this world. And so, I've worked in the world of advertising agencies for a zillion and a half years. And so I know how they operate. I speak the language fluently. As well as I speak English, I speak advertising. I know what the floor feels like. You know, mm -hmm. so when I went into this role, I had already been at VaynerMedia for 18 months. I already knew where, you know, uh, uh, the skeletons were. I already knew what we did great. I saw the things that I thought we needed to change. And so I made those changes for the betterment of the greater good, but because I wanted those changes too. Mm -hmm. I've been on the floor for so long. I've been a line manager before. You know, I've done all of these things in, yeah. in, a, um, in, a long, in a long career. And so for me, I operate off of common sense. I observe what's going on and I, and that's where I operate from and, and common sense and my heart are very tied together. Uh, I, yes, I read what other people are doing and, and I certainly take the gifts from that, but it will always come down to how are we making people feel? And everything I do will be wrapped around that. And that Maya Angelou quote, which you've been in my office, you know, I have it three different places. It will always be around that. It doesn't, it, people will forget what we did and said, you know, but they won't forget how we made them feel. And so that's, that's what I go on. 
Caitlin, what comes up for you when I say that idea of build for yourself, build for the world? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was just talking about the the power of open sourcing. And that's, that's something that I've um, not only benefited from as I transitioned into the the people space, you know, so many years ago, uh, but it's something that I, I I also feel very compelled to give back to. Um, I, I would not have achieved the success, um, the, the personal success, had I not had a, a community something, you know, arm in arm with. Uh, there, there is a deep gratitude and pay it forward that I have for the, the people community. I'm, I'm learning every day, um, but but absolutely to, to Claude's point, you know, I, I mean, it's something so silly, but like ages ago, I open sourced a, a silly um, dashboard for, for board. I know. And I mean, that, I mean, I, I can't even remember how long ago that was, but I, I still get pings. Um, I would say not quite daily, but close where people are a asking for access um, and B saying, thank you. This actually helped me get into, you know, a strategic position, you know, move from, you know, just being an HRBP into, you know, the, the executive room or a senior leadership position, um, just because I, I needed it. <laughs> I needed something. And and so once I did it, why, like why reinvent wheels um, so that, you know, we can do what, what Claude talks about, which is be with the people. If that is our, our core strength, our core skill set, if this is our superpower that we're bringing, you know, to our, our Avenger table, uh, focus your time and energy there. And if something gets in your way and you you have been able to solve for it, Spin that baby back out into the universe. It, it feels good. Yeah, it does. I'm so happy you brought that up. I was that was that was now you said that probably my first real exposure to you. And here's my story. I don't know if this is the case, but I feel like you spoke about that on a panel at the Culture First. We did that one day in San Francisco, and there was so much energy, and you almost had to commit right in front of everybody. You said, "Okay, I'll send out a dash because you're talking about the dashboard you use with your, your execs." And like a week later, it was out on LinkedIn. And I remember grabbing that and sharing it. And it was so needed. And like sometimes like you did, you solved. I know that's what you used internally, but you realize what other people could use this. And I'm just happy you called out the, the you, it's like a shift from scarcity mindset to abundance. Like it wasn't like I have this, this makes me stronger and you weaker. It was like makes us, we all, we can all win together. So thank you. And I'm so happy you tied it back to that. Last five minutes, I want to switch to the, um, the funnest part. Um, just been hearing creative stories or interesting things. I was just thinking it would be fun to go around and just like, have you heard of creative in one of your organizations or, and it can be light. Like what came to mind? I had a conversation yesterday and I want to call it Shauna vibes in Chicago, a good friend of mine. Um, but she mentioned that the executives were doing story time. And I was like, what, what the employees are like, no, like our executives read a book once a day for people with kids. They have a lot of families. Oh, I love that. And I was like, That's so it's simple. It's smart. It's, it crosses, it, it breaks down. Like club, we talked about this, like perverse professional, persona um so that was the one i that just came to mind for me any from you all of just a fun interesting easy to implement story that you've heard or seen people do you know is it, oh, go ahead. i'm taking you on the spot no sorry oh, we're both so polite um <laughs> it, it's been fun so I'm, I'm still an advisor at reddit um and it's been really really fun to see how they have internalized um the the remote uh, virtual culture. Uh, Reddit's culture was so strong uh, when I left, you know, at the beginning of the year. And one of my favorite parts about that, that unique particular culture is that they can take the platform and translate it to, to IRL. So, you know, they, they already are very, very good at creating community and connection um, related to specific topics. And so it's been super fun to watch, you know, now outside looking in. Um, and I, I definitely have a deep sense of FOMO um, around this, but they, they've taken some of, you know, the more popular subreddits and, and internalized them. So, you know, the other day they, they had a work, they, I think they're calling them work from home challenges where every week there's a new theme. Um, and they, they just did one, um, that was based on r slash uh, blunder years. So posting their, you know, most uh, embarrassing high school or, or, you know, tween photos and they're, they're curated and shared um, just as a, as a subreddit. And so I think that they have continued the tradition of taking what they have done online offline. And so it feels very authentic to them and to their culture, but it's fun. Uh, it's, it's fun. That's that's great. Uh, two things I'll share real quick. I think the um, what I've seen in the uh, the London office is um, they do uh, weekly meetings and they wear different costumes, hats. They're really into Game of Thrones over there. Uh, so I think they fit in really well with your house, Caitlin, in terms of you know pirates and all of that. 
Uh, and that's yeah. great because I end up getting the, the photos, which has been really great. Um, and then Gary and um, his crew have started something called the All In Challenge, which is a, a global challenge to raise $100 million for, um, for people who in need of food. Mm. And it's something that we've now all gotten on the bandwagon. And it's, it's quite amazing. You can bid on being in Le uh, Martin Scorsese's next film with Leo DiCaprio and um, Robert De Niro and have a speaking role. You can go courtside with Matthew McConaughey at his, you know, whatever favorite, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, and we, and him pulling us into the joy of all of that has really been great because we're all kind of figuring out what we want to bid on and it's things that we would normally, us, us normal people would never get uh, invited to do. Oh. Speaking role in Kevin Hart's new movie, those types of things. So, oh, that's awesome. Really Thank you. Cool. And I'm, I'm wrapping this up and it's funny. It's like, just like the office, this room is booked. Uh, my wife's a therapist and there's about to be a session in this room. Um, thank you so much. Both of you look, when we checked in, we did check in and now we're at the tail end, but a one word checkout. I'll go first. Just gratitude. Thank you. You took my word, dude. You can use it. It's abundance. It's more than enough gratitude. Yeah. Then how about, how about that? Abundance. Let, let's go with an abundance and gratitude. I'm gonna go with full and um, and loving. Thank you both. I appreciate thank this. You. Um, we'll you, yeah, thank you so much. Well, good to meet you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait until I'm finally out there one day and we you're gonna get the biggest hug. Watch out. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Craig, for bringing us together. Thank I really you. appreciate it. We'll do. We'll do more. Sure. Bye, bye.